October 27th, 2021. This morning's class and the classes throughout the week are Le'ilui Nishmati Hoshua Ben Le'a Lati, donated by Sammy and Joey Lati. We're in Masechet Rosh and five lines from the bottom. The last word on the line is Tanya. The Gemara had been discussing the Pesukim with regards to Yovel, to the 50th year, and the various halachot connected to it. Most specifically, we saw a mahlokit yesterday, and we saw it mentioned uh, already in the Limud from last week, and that was between Rabbi Ishmael ben Oshel, Rabbi Yohanan ben Biroka, and Hachamim. The question is, when does Yovel go into effect with regards to the freedom of slaves, for example? The Pasuk describes, uh, both for freedom of slaves and for uh, the return of fields, it says that on Yom Kippur of the 50th year, you'll sound the shofar, and as a result, ukratim deror. It'll be the freedom horn, the sound of freedom for all of those fields and individuals. Say, uh, say, hachamim. We'll read it quite literally. It means that the freedom takes place on Yom Kippur when you sound the shofar for the first ten days of that fiftieth year. The slaves in the fields are still where they were in the previous year. To be Ishmael ben Oshel Biochanan ben Broka. Whom we attrib- with whom we attributed the opinion in our Mishnah, this is what you're talking about. It starts from the beginning of the year. It starts from the beginning of the year, but the Pasuk says, you're only kratem terror when you're sounding the shofar on Yom Kippur. What are you talking about? His suggestion, his explanation, as we saw it yesterday morning, as we saw it yesterday, was, well, from the beginning of the year, there's freedom, and then there's a 10-day uh, partying. That's right. You enjoy yourself as a slave for those 10 days. You're eating and drinking and, uh, and, and enjoying yourself with the uh, atara on your head in the household of the former master, but you're free already. That's the fundamental mahlok, about whether your veil begins from day one or begins from day ten. It's a question how to read the Pesukim. We have to just keep that in mind. Says the Beraita, Tanya Idach, a different Idach, a different Beraita. It's Doresh, similar Pesukim, but the Pasuk says, Yovel Hi. It's redundant. It tells you that it is the Yovel, what we translate today as the Jubilee year, right? So it's the 50th year. Um, so what? Matal Mudlomar, we already were familiar with that. We said, You told me the 50th year is the year which is sanctified, which has all these halachot connected to it. You needed to then, Torah, go out of your mind to remind me, by the way, it's Yovel. On the other hand, the Pasuk says, hamishim. It says that you should sanctify, sanctify the 50th year. Yachol, is it possible? Keshem shemitkadeshet veholechet mitchilata, kach mitkadeshet veholechet besofa. Says the Beraita, perhaps, let's stop for a moment and again remember what we just mentioned. According to Rabbi Ishmael ben Oshel Biochanan ben Beroka, according to what we envision, I imagine when we think about that Yovel year, technically speaking, we're beginning on day one. However, if we're to be a letter of the law people, we'll see the Torah says, only started on day 10. Which means to say, conceptually, what we're doing over the course of those first 10 days is an addition. Now, it might be a Torah-instructed addition, but technically speaking, your veil is quote-unquote beginning from the time that you sounded the shofar. We have a liberty bell. For that reason, that's when the liberty is technically speaking going into effect but you're triggering it earlier. Oh, well, if that's the case, perhaps it should then extend longer as well. How do you mean? I mean the following, says the Beraita. Perhaps the same way we began on number one, even though, quote, it should have begun on number 10, it should end not on day, the final day of the year, but rather on day 10 of the coming year. Go from 
day one, because you pushed back from Yom Kippur, and end on day 10 of Tishrei on Yom Kippur. Maybe that's the way it's supposed to work. You already gave me those additional 10 days at the beginning. You told me, technically speaking, it's really Yom Kippur. If it's technically speaking really Yom Kippur, maybe I end on Yom Kippur. What do you mean I end? All the laws of Yovel will end on Kippur. That's when everything will finish. Maybe that's the way Yachol Keshem Shemit Kadeshet Veholechet Mitchilata. Perhaps this way, again, three lines from the bottom, that the Kiddushah sets in on this year from the beginning. Although technically speaking, maybe it's only on the on the 10th, so too at the end you'll go past Rosh Hashanah of Aleph Betishre and Timmashech Ad Yom HaKippurim, as Rashi says, and he'll continue. I, I, that's the answer over here. In other words, the question is, well, if they are if they are free, they are. You just told me that they're free and they're enjoying themselves. But, uh, you, you, so it means technically speaking, you're freeing them earlier, but you're only letting them out of a house on the 10th. So this limbo area, how are we considering it? Are we considering it just as an extension of some sort or alternatively? No, they were actually free. Well, if I'm gonna argue they're actually free, which will be probably the punchline. Okay, so then I'm not gonna extend further as well. If alternatively I'm envisioning it as technically speaking, they're not free, but I'm extending it to a freedom, so maybe I extend the end of the year as well. So, That's, so when does your veil we are certain that it's a mahloket, either one or ten. That we're certain about. If I maintain that it's one, yes. your words, is that that one is actually Yovel or one is an extension of Yovel? That's the way to say it. Now, if it's an extension of Yovel, so perhaps I should extend it in the other direction as well until Yom Kippur. That's the question. Once we... If yeah. it starts in Yom Kippur, then... Then, then the question uh, doesn't begin. But then, yep. then you have a 10-day period where you technically you can work the land. You're not working the land. So it's only with regards to the freedom of slaves and the return of fields. That's, that's a great question. So says the says the end as well. Before you tell me that's ludicrous, that's ridiculous, the year is over, and as a result, it's done. There is a concept about which the Gemara and Daftet will spend some time. It'll be the Gemara that addresses this issue of Kiddushah, which is a Hosafa, what we call Tosefet Shabbat, Tosefet Yom Tov. There is such a concept. We're all, yes, all of us familiar with this concept. Eh? Pretty much every Friday afternoon during the summer, we do Tosefet Shabbat. I mean, it's hard to, I tell you this from first, I once told this story, first-hand account, of maybe four or five years ago, I have a, a good friend of mine who comes during the summer for, for many years for a Shabbat. We don't see each other much during the year. He lives out in, I don't know, Passaic or Lakewood or something like that, out in Jersey, far away from me. And during the summer, so he comes for Shabbat, but he's a, he's a lawyer, and uh, it was in his first years of, I guess in some new firm, he had to, he was nervous, he had to be on call, potentially working straight up until Shabbat. So he was prepared for Shabbat, he came with his whole family and so forth, but he asked, what time are we praying? What time are we davening? So I told him, I don't know, the, whatever minyan we had. So he said, I can't, I can't then. He said, do you have anything later? I said, later? I said, yeah, there's a half an hour later. He said, you're still two hours before Shabbat. 
I don't know. So we went online, we checked. Uh, Hathaway officially had a later, like right before Shabbat minyan. I showed up with him. We made the minyan. So I mean it when I say that the majority of our community is Mosif Mehalal HaKodesh during the summer. The fact that we made the minyan means that next week there was nobody. I mean, or the, they weren't really having a minyan. We do Tosef at Shabbat during the summer on a consistent and constant basis every week. That's what, what's that? I, it might not be for the mitzvah, but it's certainly what's taking place, you know, it's uh, unbeknownst to us. Anyway, that being the case, says the, says the, says the Biraita, don't question that we could have thought that you're adding on to the end. We know such a concept. We add on to Kedushah. There is such a concept, again, which we'll address. As a result, maybe I'm supposed to add on at the end, not only at the beginning. Talmud Lomar, that's what the Pasuk teaches me. Yoveli she'nata hamishim shana. Excuse me, Yoveli she'nata hamishim. The Pasuk tells us the 50th year, that's Yovel. The Derasha in turn, she'nata hamishim ata mekadesh v'yata mekadesh she'nata hamishim ve'ahat. The Derasha of the Pasuk then, it seemed redundant. You already told me, v'kidashtem et she'nata hamishim shana. You already told me that you're sanctifying the 50th year, the Pasuk in an almost redundant fashion repeats it to tell you, that's it. Nothing beyond it. The extension beforehand, that's part of the 50th year. It's a mandated extension, but that's the way it's going to work. So that's what the Beraita set forth for me. According to Rabbi Ishmael ben Oshir, Rabbi Yohanan ben Beroka, I begin your veil on day one. I ended on the last day of the year. There's no extension until the next uh, Kippur. All right, but we had, you told me several times, the Pasuk was extra. You had this extra Pasuk that it's Yovel Hishenata Hamishim. So why, why the redundancy? You told me in order to tell you don't extend further. What if I told you this question never began for me? I start on day 10. I'm Hachamim. There's a whole question you said was because you might have a mistake because you're starting it on the 1st and you should be starting it on the 10th. So maybe I'll pull it back 10 days at the end, whatever. But what about according to the Chachamim? Chachamim say in the first place you're starting on the 10th. The freedom is only setting in on the 10th. So the redundancy in the Pasuk. Why does the Pasuk need to repeat to me? I wouldn't have thought to go until Kippur. What type of nonsense is that? Says the Gemara, V'Rabbanan Shenat Hamishim Atamoneh V'Atamoneh Shenat Hamishim V'Ahat the Derashav Hachamim with those extra words is to teach you something altogether different. How is your count now going forward going to work? In other words, I'm going to count every seven years. I'm going to count every 49 years to the 50th year. My year 50 counts as what? So you say it counts as year 50 and the next year is year one. That's right, that's the mainstream opinion. You could have imagined that my year 50 begins the count for my next seven. Do you understand why? I finished 49, my seven count was done. 50 should count as 50 for Yovel, and my first for the next Shemitah. It'll buy me an extra year. I will ha- I'll be able to subtract a year now from uh, the count toward Shemitah, on which I'm not going to be able to work my field again. So Rabbanan say, that's, that's not the way it works. Shenat hamishim shenat hamishim ve'ahat. This year counts as year 50. It does not, quote-unquote, count as year, as year 51. This is coming to exclude, to tell us that the opinion of the Biuda is wrong, according to Chachamim De'amar. Shenat Hamishim, year 50, Ola Lekan Ulekan, counts here 
and there. What's here and there? It counts as year 50 on Shemitah. Year, counts as year one for, excuse me, of, of Yovel. Counts as year one of my next Shemitah. Are we clear with this? Kamash ma'lan. The Hidush is that the Hachamim are telling you the Pasuk in a redundant way is telling you, no, this is year 50, not year 50 and year one. It's year 50, nothing more and nothing less. Ultimately speaking, what the Beraita teaches us is two halachot. One according to the Bishmael. What's the Bishmael Salacha? Yovel ends on the last day of the year. Don't extend it. According to the Hachamim, Yovel counts as year 50, not year one as well for the next count of Shemitah. Okay, we mentioned in the context of this debate, this concept of Mosifin Mihalal HaKodesh. I even told you a story about it. Oh, is there a source for that? Is that a mitzvah? I will ask separately from the Torah. Should we be extending Shabbat on a consistent basis, on a week-to-week basis, not only during the summer? Uh, what is it, where is it that we are coming from? It's, it's quite a concept. Kiddushah, in certainly the uh, colloquial sense, the way people envision Kiddushah, Kiddushah is something which is God-sent and God-determined. You have the audacity to extend it? Who gave you such permission? You need a pasuk to teach us that such a concept is a relevant one. Yes, Charles? Similar to Baltosif. So, I mean, again, if you recall Baltosif, we learned already, it's in specific context. It's not going to apply to a time in the same way, but let's, let's ask it in a similar fashion. The Shoresh Haddavar of Baltosif is that it's inappropriate for you to add on to a divine mandate. You're adding a fifth parashah of your tefillin. Who told you to do so? God told you four and you determined five. No, but more is better. Who told you so? Uh, to go even further than that, the Rashi al-Hatorah, the Midrash, as to where Hava and Adam erred is because they added on and imagined it as a divine addition. Don't eat the tree, don't even touch the tree. They're pushed, according to the Midrash, by the Nahash. She touches the tree and she realizes she doesn't die. She determines it's okay to eat from it as well. It's quite dangerous for us to play with the fire of God commands. As a result, something along the same line says, Charles, who gave you permission? Who told you that this is something positive to add on to uh, Kedushah? Says the Gemara, four lines from the top here. What is the source? Minalan is a compound word. Minalan, minayin lanu. How do we have such a concept? From where do we derive this concept this mitzvah of Hosafah Mecholal HaKodesh, I'll caution you. The beginning lines over here are not going to be very straightforward in terms of the dirashah. It's a dirashah, sometimes dirashot. Take us by surprise. A concept so straightforward of adding on to Shabbat and Yom Tov is going to seemingly come out of left field. All right. That's what it's going to be. The Tanya the Beraita teaches, Beharish u Bekasir Tishbot. This is an interesting pasuk. It's in the context of Shabbat. I'll read to you the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, this is in what? Parashat Vayakel. Sheshet yamim ta'avod, ubayom ha-shivi'i tishbot. So six days you're going to work, you should work. Seventh day you're going to cease, you're going to stop. Beharishu bakasir tishbot. Plowing and cutting will be what you stop from. Pause for a second, what do you mean plowing and cutting? You stop from 39 melachot. You told me that Shabbat is the day on which I stop, tishbot. It's a full stop. It's not just on plowing and on cutting, reaping. Why does the pasuk go on to specify those? Rabbi Akiva, that's what's, that's what's bothering us. Rabbi Akiva Omer, Eno sarich lomar harish vekasir shel shiv'it, sh'arek kevar ne'emar sa'adichalot yisra vegomer. El harish shel erev shiv'it, hanichnas la shiv'it. Kasir shel shiv'it, hayosel mosay shiv'it. 
Tosefet Shevi'it. Shevi'it means Shemitah, the seventh. You thought we were talking about the seventh day? Wrong, says Rabbi Akiva, we're talking about the seventh year. What are you talking about? I just read to you the Pasuk. The Pasuk is in re- referring to Shabbat. Pasuk says, with regards to Shabbat, don't work your field. What, how is Rabbi Akiva in any way? I mean, we didn't even discuss what his law is, telling me that this is relevant to Shemitah? So it works like this, explains Rashi. Rabbi Akiva reads, again, extra words in the Pasuk. These extra words clearly don't belong here. They're not teaching me something about Shabbat, per se. God, in his infinite wisdom, throws us hints in places that are sometimes unexpected with regards to what we're going to derive from it. So he reads it like this. Pasuk says that in six days of the week you're going to plow and you're going to cut. The de- you're supposed to derive from that, you're supposed to understand, that's on a regular basis. There are, however, six days during the week, on specific years, when you won't be doing That's the derasha. Again, this pasuk is in the normal, regular sense. Pasuk says, on a general basis, six days you'll work, on the seventh day you'll stop. Then it continues and it says, but you should stop on a regular basis on Shabbat from Halish Katsir, which you're doing during the week. We're supposed to parenthesis and say, why is it telling us that? Oh, that's telling us that's the general principle. In the Yosemin HaKlal, in the funny circumstances, you're not doing so. When are you not doing so? During the six days of the week, working your field. How could you not be working your field? How are you making a livelihood? The answer, Shemitah, of course, on the seventh year. Says Rabbi Akiva, that would be an excellent reading. But in Osarich. I have pasukim in Parashat Beharu, which already tell me on the sixth day, seventh year, you don't work the field. So I'm back to square one. Pasuk is with regards to Shabbat. It's telling me stop doing Harish and Katsir on Shabbat, but I know that. You already told me don't do any Melacha on Shabbat. It must be talking about Shemitah. can't be talking about Shemitah. I have explicit Pesukim which tell me on the seventh year, you're not allowed to work your field. Read it again in the Gemara together with me. Says, says the Shel It's unnecessary to mention to me the seventh year, meaning Shemitah, that you're not allowed to work the field. The Pasuk in Parashat Behar already tells me you're not allowed to seed your field you're not allowed to uh, work your field so then why is the Pasuk telling it to me again by Shabbat it's rather perhaps referring to plowing the field in a way says Rashi with regards to fruits certain fruits I suppose that at the entrance a month before is the halacha to the seventh year, by plowing my field, the fruits will prosper better on the seventh year, but I'm doing the plowing on the sixth year, that's going to be asur. What do we call that? Tosefet. Similarly, katsir shel shiv'it shiv'it. Something that was grown on shiv'it, but it's now going to extend outward into the eighth year. In such a circumstance, says Rashi, Kigon Tevua Sheviya Shalish Bashevi'it. Tevua, for one reason or another, Rashi says that the circumstances, Kigon, for example, a situation where your Tevua, your grain, uh, grew uh, enough to be considered growth of grain, but it didn't finish on the seventh year. You're now in the eighth year, are you allowed to cut that? No. That Katsir is Asur. Effectively, what did Rabbi Akiva read into this pasuk from Parashat Vayakel? Something called Tosefet Shiv'it. Now, that tells me Tosefet for Shemitah. 
Does it tell me anything more and anything less? I tell you again, divrei Torah, aniim b'makom echad, they're poor in one place, ashirim b'makom acher, and we get a, a wealth and a richness from them elsewhere. There's a principle in halacha, which we're familiar with, it's called binyan av, when you have a singular halacha in one context, and it could be spread to others, we say, nelef mina, let's learn from that. That's the dirasha over here. It says, Rabbi Akiva, what do I know about Shemitah? Well, it's a year of sanctity. Great. The Torah mandates, it appears, adding on both at the beginning and at the end of Shemitah. That much we've just been Doresh. Let me apply that to any and every circumstance of time of sanctity. What does that include? Shabbat, Yom Tov, Yom Kippur, and so I'm forth. From I'm turning sh- learning Shemitah ultimately Shabbat. Yes, but Shemitah is, is the more, Av. This is more obligatory than Interesting question, says Jesse. Now that all the dust settled for Rabbi Akiva, does that mean, I'm, I'm rephrasing you, does that mean that Shabbat and Yom Tov are obligatory? Now, obligatory to the extent that it's going to be a Chova, and if you're not doing so, you're violating, certainly not. Let's rephrase it. Is a mitzvah min ha-Torah? Let's, let's phrase it like that. Is it, the, is it what you're supposed to do according to, quote, God? Or is this something only rabbinic in nature? We have to finish the Gemara, but I have told you on other occasions, this is a tremendous mahlok. The general reading of our Gemara is that it's a mitzvah min ha-Torah to be mosif mehalal ha-Kodesh. Which means say, even though there's not a specific measurement, it's a mitzvah min ha-Torah harambam, famously in Hilchot Shivitat Asor, in Perek Bet, it's the only place he mentions it, Hilchot Shivitat Asor in the laws of shutting down on the 10th. In other words, the only place he mentions it is by Yom Kippur. Magid Mishneh, Bet Yosef all point out that Harambam's opinion clearly is Tosefet is only at most a mitzvah midrabbanan, min ha-Torah, it's only applicable for Kippur. That's, what's that? We're getting there, we're getting there. That's an extension of the Gemara because we're going to now challenge the other opinion. Where do you see Tosefet? We're going to challenge Rabbi Ishmael. We're going to get to that from the ninth day. What does that mean, practically speaking? I mean, again, I'm, not, I'm, I'm far ahead of myself. We'll have to figure out what, Morris, I'll do it for you, I, I promise. What Shohan Aruch's opinion is, Morris told me we need to do it. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out for you, but not today. And once we establish that, at the very least, it means when it comes to Kippur, there's a mitzvah of Mosifin Mecholal HaKodesh, Min HaTorah, to the extent that I may have told you this. I used to, I'm sure, I'm sure many other rabbis do this for Kippur. That was the only time I lied in terms of the times. I had added one minute without telling anyone. That was what I would always do. I don't know, I, I stay out of the times now. That's uh, my father's domain. But I always added an extra minute. I, yes, I tricked the people. I figured well, out. Have the what's, the extra no? no, one minute. I would give them sunset being, no, no, everybody was. I mean, that's a faith, for argument's sake. You know, my wife, she goes all the way until, you know, she tries her hardest, but you know, she's, she's got a lot going on. It's five kids or whatever. If it's the extra minute, she's forced into it. Anyway, yes, I forced people into that mitzvah min It's for Yom Kippur only. Only for Yom Kippur, yeah, generally speaking, that's how we assume. Okay, says the Gemara onward. All right, so that's the derasha for Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Ishmael Omer. Rabbi Ishmael disagrees with Rabbi Akiva in the reading of that pasuk. That's all, in the reading of the pasuk. Again, in the context of Shabbat, the Torah says six days you're going to work. On the seventh day, you're going to stop. You're going to stop from Harish and Kasir. What do you mean Harish and Kasir? What about the other 37 Melachot? Also, Rabbi Akiva said that's coming to teach me Tosefet Shiv'it. Amazingly, it's a law in the context of Shemitah. Rabbi Ishmael 
Omer, no, I have a different dirasha. It's come to teach me a law about Shabbat. A law about Shabbat, that's right. Maharish reshut of kasir reshut. He says, you'll never find plowing, which is an obligatory plowing. If you remember, Jesse, from Makot Afhet, this Gemara. Plowing, you'll never find a mitzvah to plow. To cut, we have mitzvot to cut. Cutting for the Omer, Korban HaOmer, remember, which was sacrificed on the second day of Pesach, it was a mitzvah, uksartem, you need to cut the fields. Okay, that's a mitzvah. Harish, you'll never find a mitzvah, is the suggestion, which is plowing the field. There's no such thing. So when the Torah tells me then, on Shabbat, don't plow your field, it's telling me, obviously, what type of plowing are you not doing? The plowing, which we would call Harisha Shel Reshut. It's not obligatory, it's your own optional one. Why do I know that's what it means? Because there's no such thing as a mitzvah to plow. So when the Torah says, on Shabbat, don't plow your field, it means your own plowing, because you couldn't conceive of a mitzvah of plowing. What about katsir? When the Torah tells me, don't cut your field, don't cut matter, things in your field, what sort of cutting is it referring to? Only your own personal stuff, or even if it's for a mitzvah? In other words, if I'm cutting because the 15th, excuse me, the 16th of Nisan falls out on Shabbat, the second day of Pesach is Shabbat, and the halacha, according to this opinion, is I need to cut the day that I bring that korban. Am I allowed to cut on Shabbat or not? Yes. Well, the derasha is yes. Why is that the derasha? Oh, I'm sorry, Abi, you're right here. I should say my quote was you as well. Because the pasut says, which it means it's equating the two, the plowing and the cutting. Plowing, will you ever find the plowing of, of mitzvah? No. So when the pasuk says no plowing, it means plowing for your own benefit. Kasir, although you'll find for mitzvah, but the fact that the pasuk places it right next to harish, it's telling you what type of kasir is forbidden. Kasir shall reshut, not kasir shall mitzvah. As a result of the 16th of Nisan falls out on Shabbat and you need to cut as a mitzvah for Kabana Omer, what are you doing? Going out into the fields, you're appointed people for Beit Din and they're cutting the field. That's the dirashav Rabbi Ishmael. Maharish reshut. We can exclude, therefore, Kisir HaOmer Shehu Mitzvah. That's it. That's the Dirasha. All right, well, that being the case, as the Gemara, you forgot our conversation? You took me off for a second, Bishmael. Bishmael, we were in the middle of this beautiful concept of Hosafa, Mechola Kodesh, Tosefet Shabbat, Tosefet Yom Tob. Rabbi Akiva told us his source. What's your source, Rabbi Ishmael? Do you have a source that it's a mitzvah or there's such a reality at the very least to add on from hall, from the profane domain onto the Kiddushah, Rabbi Ishmael, Mosifin Mechola Kodesh Minale. Where does he derive it from? Judah, here's your derasha. Nafkale, he derives it, he learns it from Midetanya, the following beraita. Ve'innitem et nafshotechem betish'ah. Pasuk with regards to Kippur. Says Inui, the affliction of the day should take place on the ninth ba'erev. That's a strange way of phrasing it. The Torah doesn't usually talk like that. If it's nighttime, it's already the tenth. We know Kippur is on the tenth. What's with the ninth at night? Yachol betisha. Maybe we start on the ninth. Maybe erev Kippur. We should make a declaration. Nah, just oh, no, no eating, or no uh, anointing, no bathing, and so forth. Talmud lomar ba'erev. So the Pasuk says the ninth at night. Well, at night, the beginning of the night, are you telling me like when, when it's nightfall? So you're confusing me over here. On the one hand, you're calling it the ninth. On the other hand, you're calling it nightfall. What are we talking about? When do the laws, practically speaking for us, of Kippur set in? 
You told me on the ninth, that's before the nightfall. You told me Ba'erif, it means at nightfall. Haketzad, how's it possible to keep both? You begin during the ninth. It's from here that we derive the halacha mosifin mecholal hakodesh. That's right. Again, the pasuk says at evening. Pasuk also says on the ninth mitzvah min haTorah says even harambam to be mosif mecholal hakodesh. You're starting even from beforehand. That's where I built in my extra minute. In the ela biknisatobi yisiatobi nine. So you told me on the ninth, which means before Kippur, start a little bit earlier. Why tisha? even though Ba'erev is really when it only sets in. How do you know at the end, going into the 11th day, meaning the beginning of the 11th day at night, uh, should I be Mosif there as well? Tamud Lamar, Me'erev Ad Erev, the Pasuk goes on to tell you from evening until evening, which seems to be telling me Ad Ve'ad Bichlal until the second evening and including the second evening. So you add a minute on at the end as well. That. The pasuk says in a in a strange way, What's that ba'erif? So ba'erif certainly means at night, says the Gemara, which is ten. So then why'd you call it the ninth? So you're telling me to keep some sort of contradiction. How do I resolve that contradiction? One second, So that initial ba'erif is to tell you the ninth. And it, uh, technically speaking, only begins on 10th, but you're starting it on the 9th. Me'erev ad is now afterwards, it's telling you from the first evening until the second evening. What does it mean until the second evening? Till I hit the second evening or including the second evening? The dirashah is including the second evening, which means I'm going until the 11th. That's the dirashah. Until the 11th right? Well, you know, who told you Hosefah is any more than one minute? Until the Gemara specifies, it's conceptual. I didn't tell you you should. You could. If a mitzvah is to be mosif, you're mosif. A minute is not a whole safa. When did you ever hear of such a thing? I have in the six days of creation, right? And the Gemaran, we learned it together a long time ago, Charlie, tells me that we learn from here that we begin on 99% of the halachot of the Torah from the evening. Well, if you tell me the 10th, it means I'm starting in the evening of the 9th. Whenever the Torah talks about what's the first day of Sukkot, it's on the 15th, but I started in the evening. The fact that the Torah goes out of its way and calls it the 9th, but also says Ba'erev is strange. That's what I'm saying. You're right. I would have thought in the morning. Why would I think in the morning over here? Because, great question. Great question. Because the Pasuk afterwards says, The next words. So I know it's on the 10th. I know it's on the 10th, and it's not on the 9th. That's, that's the dilemma. That's exactly it. Says the Gemara, okay, great. So that's where you got Kippur. What about any Ela Yom HaKippurim? Rabbi Ishmael, you have a dirasha in the context of Te'anu, Inui, that affliction of Kippur, Shabbatot Minayin. Do you have a dirasha in which you can extend this mitzvah to Shabbat as well? Tamud Lomar, Tishbetu. It's an extra word in the Pasuk which tells you shut down on Kippur. What does it have to do with Shabbat? Well, it's got the word Shabbat in it, doesn't it? And it's an extra word in the Pasuk. It's called the Derasha. Keep in mind, the only one who's specifying Tosefet Shabbat over here is Rabbi Ishmael. We didn't see this in the words of Biakiva. It's kind of a sourcing for Harambam. Yamim Tobim Minayin. What about for holidays as well? Should we be extending Talmud Lamar? The next word is also unnecessary. Shabbat Echem. Right? The Pasuk says you're supposed to keep this day. Tishbetu Shabbat Echem. All those words are extra. You already told me I'm shutting down. You already told me on the 10th day it's a 
What's the extra words of Tishbetushabatechem? It's coming to include Shabbat and Yom Tov as well. Hakitzat. How do I therefore resolve this general concept? Says Rabbi Ishmael. Kol makom sheyesh bo shevut. Any circumstance which has a mitzvah of hashbata, which includes, says Rashi, Yamim Tovim, Shabbat, Yom Kippur, and even Shemita. That's how we derive that you're supposed to be Mosif Mechalal HaKodesh. Beautiful so I have Two separate derashot, either from Beharish Bakasir, from Rabbi Akiva, or from Tisha La'erev, if I am Rabbi Ishmael. Rabbi Akiva, how do you read that second pasuk? Right? The Pasuk says both evening and the ninth, and I know it's on the tenth, Jesse, right? Well, how do you understand that Pasuk? Is there something you derive from it? Because you already told me that this extension to Kiddushah comes from Beharishu Bakasir. How do you understand that funny Pasuk? You know as well that evening is when we begin the day. If that's the case, why does the Pasuk say that on the ninth, in the evening, but we know it's the tenth. How does he use and what does he understand in this pasuk? Akiva must derive from this the law which we learn elsewhere. The same question. The pasuk says on the ninth. Is it really so that the inui sets in on the ninth? Hello, pasuk says it's coming to teach you instead. The fact the Pasuk in an unnecessary way includes the ninth with regards to the affliction. But you're not afflicting yourself on the ninth. But you are. Well, what does that mean that I am? Well, it's a quasi. It's a, you have to be a little bit more imaginative. Am I eating? You are eating. Am I anointing? You are anointing. So am I being me'ane? Am I afflicting myself? It's as if you're afflicting yourself. What do you mean? It's coming to teach you, the dirashah goes, that the preparation for the holiday in this circumstance is just as important as the holiday itself. And as a result, the eating on the ninth is a mitzvah. Potentially, according to some, a mitzvah min Torah to the extent that in the yeshiva world they give out candies on that day. People keep sucking candies in their mouth throughout the day. For what reason? Mitzvah min Torah, behidur, maybe not. Of sucking candies, not exactly eating, but it means a fancy meal before Kippur. What's the reason for that fancy meal before Kippur? Rashi in several places makes clear, Ritva in his first interpretation to this Gemara makes clear as well, it's a preparation. That's it, nothing more and nothing less. According to some, according to Mabit, according to Maharit, if I'm not mistaken, it's to make it harder. Keep your Ashkenazic side away from us for a moment. But I mean, okay. Alternatively, according to Rashi, it's to make it easier, right? In other words, it's to make it easier. Ritva, by eating, you filled yourself, and as a result, the fast will be easier. That's the reason for it. The other. What's that? This opinion has nothing to do with Hosafa. He learned Hosafa from Behadi Shubakasir. This is, he's explaining the Pasuk differently, the Pasuk of Bishmael. It's in order to eat, separate mitzvah. Either it's as preparation, alternatively, Mar said to make it harder, minority opinion. I know, but it's Ma'ali Alav HaKatub. It's not an actual Inu, it's Ma'ali Alav HaKatub. Or lastly, Ritva suggests as well, famously from Rabbeinu Yonah. It's in his Sha'ari Tishuban Sha'ad Dalid at the end. Rabbeinu Yonah writes that the reason is um, because Yom Kippur.
Kippur is a Yom Tob. You're supposed to eat and be festive on, on Yamim Tobim, but you can't do so. You have to fast. How are you going to do so? Beforehand. What sort of ramifications? Who cares? Either way, slice it. I'm going to be eating beforehand. Rabbi Akiva Eger has a famous question. Are women involved in this mitzvah of eating before the holiday? In other words, if I'm to argue that it's preparation for the holiday itself, so then I could very much argue that women are a part of this as well. If I'm arguing instead that it has to do with Simchat Yom Tob, you might recall we're not certain women are involved in Simchat Yom Tob. It comes back to our discussion from then. All right, either way, you slice it. The Gemara over here taught us a halakha of Mosifin Mihola La Kodesh, Tosefet Shabbat, Tosefet Yom Tob, Tosefet Yom Kippur, Tosefet Shemitah. And we also had a halakha with regards to Kippur of eating on the day before. And Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen, amen. Be'ahana Mosh